This is why intercession is so key. God's method does not change. No prayer meeting, no Pentecost. No hunger, no outpouring. Encouraging, inspiring, and equipping leaders. This is Coach and Joe. God is really dealing with us concerning unity. Acts chapter 2, we know this. It says, and when the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, I'll say that again. And suddenly, I'll say that again. And suddenly, Do you believe that we're in the hour of suddenlies right now? How do we know it? We can tell by the level of warfare. We can tell by the level of, 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 of tension that is in the air. These last two years, both politically, both uh, things that have been going on in the pandemic. Every time there was a, 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 an issue in society, it was the doorway to a move of God. We look at Acts chapter 2. They were going through the transition of Jesus leaving. And they had to now move in, in a different way. And then the move of God came. He tells them to wait in Jerusalem. They were in a transition. Many of us are in a transition right now. How many of you are in a transition right now? How many of you can feel the winds of transition? And I want to tell you that transition and, and, and warfare and contradiction are the doorways. They're the confirmation of a pending move of God. I'll say it this way. This pandemic has been the doorway not only to expose hearts, but it has been the doorway to revival and outpouring here in America and in the nations of the earth. There is a global shaking that is happening and it's giving way to global glory. How many of you believe that? And so it says suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the house where they were sitting. Tell your neighbor, I'm so glad I'm sitting near you. And divided tongues of the fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues. How many believe in speaking in tongues? Come on, I dare you to take 60 seconds and begin to go ahead and just do it real quick. Go ahead. Come on, speak in tongues. Go ahead. Koshelabastakaya. They were sitting in one place. And then the wind and the fire begin to fall upon their heads. And I'm telling you, that same fire, that same wind, that same sound is here right now. And we can lay a hold of it by faith and by hunger. And by prayer, you know, the Lord said to me last night on this, this 116th anniversary, he says, I am, I am answering the supplication of the saints in this hour. I begin to look at Psalms 116 and the very part of Psalms 116. This is why intercession is so key. God's method does not change. No prayer meeting, no Pentecost. 
No hunger, no outpouring. Psalms 116 verse 1 says, and he will hear the supplication. Psalms 116. What are you saying? Verse 1, he will hear the supplication of his people, of his saints, of Zion. And on this 116th anniversary of Azusa, you mean to tell me that God wants to hear the cry of his people? That he wants to respond to the cry? I want to submit to you tonight that all of heaven is waiting to move on our behalf if we would just hit the right frequency. Oh, I must be in the wrong room. All of heaven is waiting. The Bible says that the Lord's eyes go to and fro looking for those that he can show himself strong on their behalf. I want to tell you in this hour, the right hand of God is waiting to be revealed on the other end of your voice. And I'm telling you right now, it's time for you to begin to raise your voice like a lion and raise your voice like a trumpet. It's time to come out of the silence. There's a roar. There's a cry. There's a sound. There's an unbridled sound. <laughs> Father, I say tonight, I ask that you would put fire on the lungs of your bride tonight. Koshatalabaka tokuma. 116th anniversary I want to respond to the hunger of my people last scripture Acts chapter 12 and I'm going to explain why I'm going into all of this because I believe there are three principles that Holy Spirit is inviting us into in this hour Acts chapter 12 Verse 21, and on an appointed day, <laughs> Herod put on his royal robes and took a seat upon his throne and delivered an oration to them. And the people were shouting, the voice of God, the voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately, somebody shouts suddenly, and immediately an angel of the Lord struck down him because he did not give glory to God. And he was eaten by worms and breathed his last breath. When the political spirit fell, verse 24 says, but the word of God grew and it multiplied. And for the next few moments, I just want to lose a prophetic provocation in the realm of the spirit that there is something that is growing and about to multiply in our midst as all of our idols begin to fall. As all of our politics begin to fall. Here's what Holy Spirit said to me. He says, I have to bring death to every political spirit 
that has ushered in by pride through the lack of prayer. It is when men make their own thrones versus the throne of God's presence being established. And when this happens, we are bound to fall in the hands of partiality. We are bound to fall in the hands of our preferences. We are bound to fall in the hands of our prejudices. And when I think about Azusa, it was the very thing of racism that brought the revival down. It was the lack of convergence. Hell shudders at unity. Hell screams at convergence. And I believe in this hour, the very thing that has come in our nation and in many of the nations of the earth, but specifically America, over this last two years, I feel like there's a washing, a baptism that the Lord is releasing. And I believe tonight, this is the washing basin of the Holy Ghost. How? That what has happened over the last two years, the spirit of the Lord says, I've called this house to be a house of reconciliation. Oh, garden, y'all not saying nothing in this room. I've called this house to be a place of fresh baptism. To wash the bride from her pre preference. To wash the bride from her prejudice. And the Lord says the river of God that rests in this place will wash away the color lines. Will wash away the politics. There's a cleansing movement that I'm doing in this hour. You can go on the internet right now and you can look and see. Type in, and I don't mean to be no harm. You can type in Hillsong. You can type in many of our places and there is exposure. Here's what the Holy Spirit said to me. He says, don't you dare point the finger. He said this to me. He said, don't uncover my bride. And I feel like in this hour, God is not just looking for places to wash his church. He is looking for dressing rooms that will re-adorn the bride in this hour. Because there are parts and factions of the body of Christ that are uncovered. Our weaknesses are exposed. But I believe in this house, there's an anointing to cover. I didn't say condone. Love covers a multitude of sin. It doesn't condone it. We still believe in the rudiments of holiness and righteousness and consecration and integrity. I know y'all don't like this type of preaching. Come on. But this is the type of preaching that births sustained revival. I don't know about you, but I don't want a touch and go move of God. I want something that is going to live from generation to generation. And it's going to come with a foundation. I want something that my grandchildren are going to talk about. That daddy served the Lord, that mama served the Lord in holiness and righteousness and purity. But she covered the bride. He covered the bride. And I tell you, God is saying in this hour, I'm looking for those that will dress it. So the Lord said to me, don't uncover. And we see even in Noah's time where one of the sons 
I laughed at Noah's weakness, his nakedness in his drunken state. He didn't receive the blessing. And I believe there's a grace in this house and in this moment because it all plays into revival. God is going after our prejudice. He's going after our preference that was ushered in by a political spirit. Our pride. You know why it happened? It's because we stopped communing. And so then what happens is we trust the arm of flesh. We look for Capitol Hill to do what only the hill of the Lord can do. And God's got to get a people back seated on the hill of the Lord in the secret place. We wouldn't have all of these exposures if the church would get back in the secret place. No one gets dressed in the public. They go in the secret place. And if we're going to be dressed rightly in this hour, we got to get back in the secret place. Come, let us return to the Lord. I was at Catch the Fire Toronto. I'm almost done because I feel glory in this room. Slip those hands up. Hell, more Holy Spirit. <laughs> Come on, don't think, just drink right now. I feel a wedding party breaking out. Father, I thank you for this banquet room. Yep. Thank you for the wedding chamber. Several months ago, I was here and I saw God moving bedroom furniture into this building. Because many of our churches have gotten too filled. Filled. We got a lot of programs, not enough intimacy. Got a lot of conferences, not enough loving. Got enough talking, not enough seeking. And I want to challenge every pastor, every leader in this room. Is your house glory proof? Is it bedroom ready? Or does just God come and visit the living room? I was in a service last night and they started singing about visitation. I said, I don't want that. You're going to go through all the hell that you're going through for visitation? I want something that would abide. And when I get him in my midst, I don't want him to leave. So whatever I got to do to make him want to stay, I'll do it. So if I've got to move my agenda out of the way, if I've got to move my preference out of the way, if I've got to move my politics out of the way, I just want him to abide. Don't depart. Don't depart. Is there any people in this room that say, God, I don't want you to depart? Don't depart. Ah, ah, now that we've apprehended you, don't leave. How do you want to build this church? How do you want to build my family? Father, I've let my assignments override incense. Father, I thank you for a move, a face-down movement of first love. Was that Catch the Fire Toronto a few weeks ago? 
And the Lord said to me, he said, in 94, I came with my father's heart. But in this final move, I'm coming as a jealous husband. We will never get rid of the father heart of God. And I love loving on him. But in this hour, we're in an hour, woman of God, that the jealousy of God is about to kindle again in our churches, kindle again in our hearts. He's so jealous that he doesn't want anything else on our lips but him. Every other lover has to fall, y'all. Come on, every other passion has to fall. He's that jealous man that he won't stop pursuing his church. He won't stop turning the heat up until the only thing on your lips is Jesus. 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 He's more than enough. Jesus. I'm looking for the day when he's more than enough. I'm looking for people where he's more than enough. I will tell you, Jesus is more than enough, saints. Calling your bills, calling your finances, all of it to be shaken, causing your families to be shaken until he's more than enough. All your plans. He'll allow you to build it and work real hard and make you think that it's him. And then he'll rip it all up because it's just him. I may be wrong talking to the wrong set of pastors or leaders. <laughs> Allow me to cry and weep over it and say, God, this is for your glory. Offer him to say, I never wanted that. Martha, you did a good thing. But only one thing's required. Challenging people in this hour is what we built. Was it built by Martha? Or was it inspired by Mary? And God is challenging our carts in this hour. Turning things over. The upper room. They had to have the ability to be unoffended with God offending their paradigm. I'll say it again. They had to be unoffendable with God offending their system. And the greatest issue in the hour it's offense. Offense. We struggle with the power struggle. But when we're all at his feet, it doesn't matter who's standing. See, Martha, she was complaining. Why are they doing that? But if she would have just got at his feet, she wouldn't have even noticed. And I'm telling you in this hour, God is bringing the bride of Christ in this hour back to his feet. Don't get up. And this is what the upper room was. This is what Azusa was. It was a people postured at his feet. Thanks for joining us on the Coach and Joe Leadership Podcast. Don't miss the Coach and Joe Talk Show on YouTube and check out coachandjoe.com for more resources, blogs, and merch. We will see you next time.